It's good to be with you. We are in week two in a message series we launched last week out of the book of James, talking about faith at work. Again, if I have not had the chance to meet you, my name is Kurt. I serve as lead pastor. I've been a part of this staff for 15 years. We're grateful for what God is doing in this place and the cities that we live and work and serve, and so we're glad that you're here today. If you're online, we're going to be uh, continuing to work through the book of James, which is a great book on faith. And so I just want to give you a quick backdrop. Here at the Vineyard, we believe that God's love is moving towards us. So the love of God and the activity of God is moving towards us and inviting us to experience a transformed life. And so this is not you live your life and then just sort of like God is like one of those add-ons that you put on your web browser, like this is actually a different way of living. And it's beginning to step into the story of God for the sake of not only our own lives, but the lives of the people around us. And we want to journey together to discover a faith at work in every part of our lives. That there would not be a part of your life that you're holding back or you're saying is off limits, but you would say, God, come even there. God, come with me into my meeting tomorrow. God, come with me on this call. Come with me as I navigate family things, as I navigate changes. Be with me in every part of my life. And so we want to help you grow. So we want to give you um, a resource. We regularly are interacting with Scripture, and there is a free resource. If you happen to have a smartphone, you can download an app called the YouVersion Bible app. It is great. They will send you reminders. There's daily verses. There's Bible reading plans. You can share that journey with friends and chat in the app. So we want you to know there is a study by Francis Chan on the book of James that's going to give you sort of a different look, a different angle. If you're looking for something, we, would, we want you to know that as wonderful as we desire this preaching to be here week in and week out, it will not be enough. I'm not that good. I just can't carry you through the entire week. We want the living God to carry you through the week, and this is one way to see that happen. Last week in James 1, here was the thought. Faith at work works inside out, works inside out to produce maturity. Say maturity. maturity. It is the target of the Christian faith. It's the target, that it is a life formed to look like and live like Jesus, mature and complete. That's God's heart for us. That's what God wants to do. And so today we'll see that maturity is intended to flow inside out in a faith that works in our daily activity, in our daily activity. Now, I don't know about you, but I am so fortunate to have a watch. And that watch has these really sweet, cute little rings on it. You might know what I'm talking about. It, it's that thing. And I'm so fortunate because that thing reminds me every day how little activity I have. <laughs> that thing reminds me every day to go, Kurt, you got to work harder. Kurt, you got to walk farther. Kurt, close that ring. It's like this weird like game that it plays with me. Remember how I said I'm so fortunate and blessed? Some of you are like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, just let's be honest. Is that not the most compelling way to live? No? Huh. 
See, what's interesting is the world all around us is trying to tell us what sort of daily activity and rhythms we need to experience life and health. And what we have is an invitation to the living God to walk with God and experience that call to a faith that informs our daily activity. So that we're not using just like an app fitness tracker to tell us whether or not we're good or bad, but we are actually stepping into the story of God and every day is a journey with God and the living God has access and authority in our life to say, let's walk together. Let's walk together. So James 1, picking it up in 19, here's where we go. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How, how, if those were the three rings on your watch, how would you be doing? Would they fill up too quickly? Like, ah, oh, you weren't slow to speak today, Kurt. You were not quick to listen, but boy, you got angry. Just ask my kids. Let it come close to you today. Let the scriptures come close to you today. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at its face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. You know, do you just wish James would be a little more clear? <laughs> like, do you just wish he would just not be so, like, mixed up in his messaging right now? Man. Like, so if, if you're not aware of this, this is the brother of Jesus writing to the church. If there was anybody who was going to be clear. And anybody who had tested the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus, it's his brother. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There is enough there for me to preach multiple weeks and for us to ponder and just let just ask our lives over and over and over am i there yet god do you have a deeper work by your spirit do you want to do more how am i doing for 
the people on the fringes? How am I doing for the people who have been cast out? How am I doing in my sense of being polluted by the world? This has to be a deep work. It has to be an internal work. And for the sake of time, I would encourage you this week to read James 2, and I'm going to summarize it for you. Do not show favoritism. Do not discriminate among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. That's verse 4, James 2, verse 4. Do not show favoritism and do not discriminate among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Verse 8, love your neighbor as yourself because if you do that, you are doing right. Verses 12 and 13, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment, and those who show mercy will be shown mercy. See, this whole thing of our daily lives and the daily activity of God's kingdom is that it must look different. Faith at work, inside out, begins to mean that my life lived outside around all of you looks different. It looks different. Like, how would, I, how would you apply this text right now in your life? Do not show favoritism. Do not discriminate among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Where do you see human anger and evil thoughts and judgments running wild in our culture? Everywhere. And it's not producing what God desires. It's not the faith at work that God is calling us to. And if you get to the end of James 2, it says this, faith without deeds is dead. Faith without deeds is dead. There's this place that we need to understand it is not sufficient to have a faith of belief without a life of action. And I'm not telling you this morning you all need to work harder. You're not being good enough followers of Jesus. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the faith should begin to do a work in me that causes my life to be transformed and moved so that when I'm interacting with God and I'm interacting with others, there is a noticeable difference. There is a noticeable difference because faith at work will be a life of daily activity dedicated to God and to loving others. Let's say this together. Faith at work, daily activity dedicated to God and loving others others. Loving others. And it's just so great. I love, I really appreciate what James says in verse, uh, James 1 verse 22. Do what God's word says. Do what God's word says. If this is hard for humans, if you think this is hard for humans, not you, you've got this figured out, you're good. If you think this is hard for all the other humans, raise your hand. You're like, that's just like not cool, Kurt. Like that's like manipulating the room to get us to do what you want us to do. I'm asking us to look at reality. Look at reality. If followers of Jesus 
just do what God's word says, to love God and love our neighbor, would that go better? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1.4 calls us into a story of perseverance, that we would persevere doing what God's word says. Do what God's word says. Do what God's word says. And when you get tired, do what God's word says. Let God have authority in your life and do what God's word says. Dallas Willard gives an interesting kind of perspective on this in his book, Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. Our failure to hear his voice when we want to is due to the fact that we do not, in general, want to hear it. That we want it only when we think we need it. I become the authority if I filter when I want to hear from God or not. I continue to keep authority of my life and I just decide, not no, like I'm going to do my thing. Okay, God, yeah, I need you. Come back in. I'm going to go away. I'm going to come back in. And as I read this, I just like, it grips my own heart to go like, what does it look like for me to have a faith in the living God that informs the activity of my life? God, I want to hear from you all the time. I want to hear from you all the time. I want you to speak to me in the quiet of my soul, in the pain of my soul, in the joy of my soul, in the boredom and just sort of like, meh, of my soul. Because this is ultimately about relationship. Again, I'm not, I'm not preaching today. Please hear me. This is not a, y'all need to work harder. Then God will do stuff. No. This is a posture of heart. It goes on to say it. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. That's verse 21. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Then it says, do not deceive. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So I want to give you this thought. Because this is the same theme from week one. God is inviting us into his story. He wants to do a work that will transform us. And he's regularly saying, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. So we need to discern. We need to walk with God. We need to hear God's voice. My wife shared something with me recently from another church, and they were sharing with their church why they were moving to weekly communion. And I thought, oh, that's cool. We've recently moved to communion every week. And there are some reasons for this. And here's why. What forms us is not our beliefs, but our habits. The habits that we have in our life are what are actually forming us. So I'll tell on myself. I had a very, very serious habit in my life. For about 16 years, I had a very serious habit of playing sports. Some of y'all just chuckled. You're like, I was not expecting you to say that, Kurt. That's like weird. Do you know what formed my entire life? Sports. It formed my schedule. It formed my identity. It formed my habits. It formed how I saw the world. 
Because if you ask me how you become good at something, you outwork everyone. So what were my habits? In the gym first, the last to leave, there an hour early, in every single day, 300 plus days a year, 300 games a year, practice, drive, drive, drive. And you know what happens? I still missed more shots than I made. It's the worst. It's just the worst. How many of you believe in the sun? I'm serious. This time you have to raise your hand. This is not manipulation. How many of you believe there is a thing called the sun and it's hot? How many of you believe you can get sunburned on your skin? How many of you have a habit of always applying sunscreen? Four of us. I can believe in Jesus all day long, and if I do not apply the reality of his life in my life, my habits, and I'm being really careful, because I could start to say things, and then you would think I'm picking on you, and I'm not. So I want you just to take a moment. Think about your week. Who or what is forming you right now? What habits in your life are forming you. Because it ain't this coconut sunscreen, except for four of us. There were more than four for you online. I'm not trying to mislead. Do you see? I mean, it's silly, right? I know if I don't put this on, I get sunburned. I say I follow Jesus, but I do not put this on day in and day out. I get burned by life. It's hard. And then guess what? I burn other people. I'm prone to be angry more than I ever knew in my life. And apparently, human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God produces the righteousness of God. Humility allows me to receive Humbly receive the word God planted in you. And it allows me to become, to become the type of person who lives with daily action formed by my faith at work. Are you uncomfortable right now a little bit? You're like, gosh. The thing that I love about God is he will let you have your life. He will let you have your life. And he will also let you have his. That's why we do weekly communion. Because no matter where you are in your journey, you can show up here and be reminded of a God who said, you can have my life. You can have my life today. I don't know where you are this week. I know the conversations I had with people this week. And Jesus is sitting there saying, you can have your life or you can have mine. And if you want to have mine, put it into practice. Because if you keep practicing your life without me, you will experience difficulty. 
And if you experience that difficult life, you can have a God with you, or you can go, I'm going to do it on my own. Likely difficult life, check. It's life is difficult. I have my own story. I have the ways God has like met me in difficult things. And there, there are enough stories I've heard that make my difficulty seem so difficult light. <laughs> and so the last thing I want to say to us today is this. Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't let the enemy deceive you that God doesn't want you because he does. Don't be deceived that you need to get your stuff cleaned up before you come to God because God wants to be there for the whole thing. Because God does not want any part of you hidden from him. That's how we get freedom. If you walk into this room and you're hiding stuff back, you don't feel free. And God just says, bring it to me. Just bring me your stuff so that you can be free in my presence because I want to love you in the parts of you that you think are not lovable. So that you can be formed by my love and the rhythms of your life can be rhythms of grace so that we can walk together as friends. Do not be deceived. Do not look into this and then walk away and be deceived. Be dedicated to the love of God and the life of God and love people around you. And do not be deceived. And don't just take my word for it. Jesus says this as he's teaching in Luke 6. I, I just am curious if his brother like connected the dots here. These are the headings. Luke 6. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who hunger now. Blessed are you who weep. Blessed are you when people hate you. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are well fed now. Woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. These blessings and woes. Love your enemy. Do not judge. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. Jesus is teaching, and then check this out, Luke 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. This is what it's like when we live out this faith at work in our daily activity, when we put the words of Jesus into practice, they are like a, a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Following Jesus does not mean no torrent and no storm. Pay attention. Everyone's getting the storm. <laughs> it's called life. Jesus says, put my words into practice. 
put my words into practice. I had a real example of this yesterday. Our youngest son is six, and I was coaching his basketball team. You ever coach six-year-olds in basketball? In a gym full of parents who are cheering with another game going on at the same time? It is chaos. It is amazing. I'm glad I have a voice today. We have to practice. Because if we never practice and put into practice the teachings of Jesus, we will be like a six-year-old playing basketball for the first time every day of our life. You might make a shot here or there. They made some shots here or there. See, when we practice, what we're practicing is humility to say, God, I want to hear your voice and I'm going to try again. God, I want to hear your voice and I'm going to try again. 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 And just because you get it right doesn't mean you stop. You just go, God, I want to practice your ways. I want to practice your ways. It's a practice of becoming obedient to our teacher. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? Maybe that's something for us all to ponder this week. And here's where I want to finish. I want you to stand. And I, if you are a small group leader or you are a staff or a prayer ministry team member, somebody who's been prayed to tra to, trained to pray, I want you to come down here. And I have two, two thoughts for us. Here's the first. One or more of you, maybe the whole room, when you hear me talking about activity and practice and like doing what Jesus says, you go, Kurt, thank you for the reminder of how I'm failing. And thank you for reminding me I am so tired in my life, I cannot do it. You are exhausted. You're exhausted. You are so tired, you can't put it into practice. You are so tired, you can't think about something more to do. You are just barely getting by on all the demands of your life already. Jesus says, come to me. That is the practice. Don't do anything else. Don't work at anything else. Just go, God, I'm here and I'm tired. God, I'm here and I'm tired. God, I'm here and I am tired. He says, come to me, all who are weary and need rest. That's your first practice. Humbly receive. And here's the second thing. Today as we were worshiping, all I could find myself singing is, you are our hope. You are our hope. Our hope is not in powers and principalities that are human-made and are bounded by time. You are our hope. It is not in me. It is not in how good I am. It is not in how well I can preach. You, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are our hope. You are the one. And if you need hope today, I invite you to come and let us pray for you because the Spirit of the living God is the one who gives life. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead says lives in every follower of Jesus. And if you find yourself tired or hopeless, let us pray for you.
Grab a friend. You can pray for each other. You don't have to come down here. But do not leave without saying, God, here I am. Humbly receive the word planted in you. God, I just pray for this church community that you love, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to fall, to move, to empower, to encourage, to bless, to call us into the ways of your kingdom. We want you to have your way in and through us. We want your faith to be at work in and through us. And so I bless them to receive from you, to be filled by you, to be recipients of the hope that is everlasting. Jesus, you are good. And may this be a week we experience your goodness right where we need it. So we could be those who call you Lord, Lord, and practice the way of your kingdom. We bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.